right, Russ Durning first in tonight. Kearney, Nebraska. Look, I can't even spell tonight. I'm not paying attention. It's dark. The Super Bowl's going on, and my team's not in it. Of course, I haven't been watching my team either. I've had the COVID blues when it comes to football. I know a lot of you guys are probably watching the uh, watching the game and keeping us off to the side. That's okay. We're good there. You can check back in. we got a hell of a show tonight. It's going to be fantastic. Not only do we have a killer guest, but we have a what's in your garage that I promise you is going to blow your mind. Definitely did mine. More cool motorcycles in one spot than I've seen for a long time. Hey, remember to hit the like and share button. Tell us where you're watching from so we can give you a little shout out. And get ready. Shop Talk's going live in three and a half minutes. Tim, we did not make the ice races, sadly. Our uh, quick trip down to Memphis to pick up a donor bike and then back to, to Brother Will Ramsey's to do some work just got so long. And then uh, apparently I'm getting a little older. It kicked my ass. So, Brian, still snowing up in Swansea, Mass, huh? It's coming in from everywhere. David Crum, good to see you. No, we're not blowing the show off. Especially not for our Jersey crew. Washington State, what's up? No watch football, my man. Big D checking in. Marengo, Illinois. Good to see you here, brother. TB watching. Good to see all you guys, man. So, so good. I want to thank everybody from our Chopper Town family. Chopper Town's such a great supporter of this show and all the shows from Source Media. If uh, you got some time to kill, man, head over to Chopper Town on their social media channel. Not only do they have tons of other shows like this, they have some killer standalone programs. Um, you know, great video content really is a, an awesome source for two-wheel entertainment. Tell them the Source Magazine sent you. Source Magazine, Source Media, one of them. Tell them we sent you. Minute and a half, we're going live. Jamie Roberts, I always love when he says that. But Cyrus, Missouri, where the men are men and the sheep are afraid. <laughs> Wallace Sanders, my man, watching you not football. Better off, better off. You know who wins here? We do. Motorcycles. Motorcycles rule. I believe I was just going to say the chopper's rule line. Oh my god, this one's for me. (laughs) Greg White, Ashley Woodford, and the whole crew's here. But we do have a pair of CB200s, which is kind of like having one big Honda 400, I think, if you strap both of them to each foot. (laughs) All right, 20 seconds left. I guess that's close enough to get this one out of the station, up on the tracks, and go live with this week's Shop Talk. Here we go. 
Okay, scooter tramps and chopper jockeys all across the land. It is 9 p.m. almost exactly here on the East Coast. That means it's time for another episode of Shop Talk. I'm your host, Chris Callen from Cycle Source Magazine. We are in the Source Media headquarters, 50 floors below the street level, courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. And we're coming to you with another 90 to 120 minutes, all the bullshit we can fit. Let me bring in the crew. What's up, crew? Hey. Hey. <laughs> Heather got a new camera today. Look at that. Isn't that special? Uh-uh. <laughs> so, 95% of the people in the world today are watching the, uh, the, the, the big football game. I'm done with it already. Are you? I was done with I'm it before so, it came on. I am on. so mad right now because my mother just told me what the score and that damn son of a biscuit eating monkey is going to get another flipping Super Bowl ring. <laughs> Don't be a hater. <laughs> He's a traitor. I can really? He's an absolute traitor. Hey, Heather, welcome to the dark side. Come on over. Here in Pittsburgh, we've been hating Brady for a long time. So you just come on in. Come on in. The water's great. <laughs> Plus, the they're saying the worst halftime show in Super Bowl history. No way. Yeah, it's it was Who wasn't even the weekend. What? Like so spelt we, weekend. We just finished this weekend. This is the right. end of the weekend. Exactly. I rest my case. <laughs> is that actually a person? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was just reading posts about it and people were saying it was horrible. Yeah, horrible. I stopped, we stopped watching football here a couple of years ago on that whole No, uh, we're not going to get into it. Uh, There's no politics on the show. Did I mention that? No, this is, I just said we stopped is, watching football when it all went eh. Little well, gunshot for we that. were on that. We were on the halftime show, so we're good. <laughs> First name is the First name the <laughs> Well, weekend. That's that's his name. The weekend. So the, his first name is Week, Middle, and Last. It's, and it's spelled uh, if I'm not mistaken W E E K N D. There you go. He doesn't know how to spell either. Yeah, so it's like he's weakened. All right. Well, here we go. Anyway, let's get on to some important stuff. Um, Motorcycles. Motorcycles are cool. There's a killer, killer winter storm coming through most of the country like a runaway train, but almost just as fast is how quickly Daytona is approaching all of us. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about with Daytona, including our show, a bunch of other happenings, and we're going to. We're just going to get right into it. In case you don't know what Shop Talk is, it's your first time watching. Make sure you hit the like and share button. Let your friends know when we go live every Sunday at 9 p.m. in the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Every week you'll be sure to see some entertainment, some guests. We do 90 to 120 minutes, all the bullshit we can fit. And we started off with a little program we like to call the news. First up in the news tonight, and my very very sad responsibility to have to bring to you guys mr dale Waxler, wilster time motorcycle museum owner operator chief principal uh founder has passed away after a long long battle with cancer i almost uh i almost can't even tell you how sad it is to to announce this um the only thing being you know, the, the chance that his suffering's over and he's in a better place. But to his whole family, we send out our, our prayers and, and condolences. Yeah, what, what a great guy he was. He really was. Sad. You know, for all of us, man, I mean, the, <clears throat> the memories we have from Dale, were, he, he did everything for us. You know, if Dale found out you had an event and he could host it or he could help it or he could do anything for it, 
he was another one of those guys like when we talked about um john from jp cycles you know he was he was one of the gears that drove this whole industry and he will surely surely be missed um like i said i can i cannot bring myself to read the entire thing that his family sent out but if you go to cyclesource.com on our news page you can read it uh they shared some beautiful stuff about him and like i said he will be missed for a long long time by all of us a lot of good bmr stopovers yeah buddy moving on into the news um indian motorcycles uh this comes in from indian motorcycles the ft rally you shut your mouth i'm just telling you what this is what they told me to say that the rally the ft rally at fourteen thousand dollars um there's one of the big differences the super knobby tires they call it um you know there's a little badge on the thing and the little windscreen (laughs) deal and got a little this little that (laughs) and a whole bunch of exhaust pipe it's kind of ugly yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there's a truckload of exhaust there you go um Go like, and check yours out today. I'd like to ride one, just see what it's all about. Would you? Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. What's worse than happen? Well, I'm see, surprised you don't want to ride one, Chris. You loved the Scout. But I got to ride the real Roland Sands prepared Indian race bikes. Like, sure. how much How much of a letdown do you think that's going to be compared to one of those? <laughs> well, you don't know. You may dig it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll give I it think a shot. For me, when I look at it, the way they, the stance of the, per, of the rider just looks off it, it looks, looks super uncomfortable like the feet should be back a little bit further and it just the style of the bike looks like they should ride it in more of a sport position yeah it looks super in my opinion it looks like a buell blast to me yeah yeah you know? it does oh, like it yeah. a little bit and I, I'm, I'm sorry to say this. Like, I, there were many, many models of the Buell motorcycle that I loved. The Blast yeah. was absolutely not among yeah, them. Yeah, not so. Definitely not one of them. Just saying, not hating. Just saying. <laughs> um, next up in the news, and this is also kind of sad, especially for us for Cycle Source Magazine. Um, in case you guys don't know, we started super locally, and uh, that included a 60 mile radius of Pittsburgh with a free newspaper magazine, and we had it very few supporters. One of them was Needengard Harley Davidson, and it turns out that after 100 years in business, Needengard's is calling it quits. In in their honor, we're going to play this this quick video. I hope you guys will stick with us through this because this is a tribute to a family that's what three generations of this family's business. Yeah, 115 years. Yeah, so stick with us here. There aren't many businesses locally. I should mention this comes from Fox Channel 9. But one of those is about to close. News 9's Paul Janimore has more. Harley-Davidson riders are a family. Part of that family in our area has been Needengard Harley-Davidson for more than a century. From its founding downtown by G.H. Needengard 115 years ago, that's him at back left, to its years run by son John F., the little guy at the bottom right, to more than 40 years under the presidency of his son John G., Needengard's has kept people rolling on two wheels on the American Freedom Machines from Milwaukee. But John G. says it's time, after working at the business for more than 60 years, to close up shop and take some rides with his wife Kim just for recreation. You know, I loved it from day one. I mean, that was my grandfather, my father, and then me, and there was nothing else I'd ever done. And it was just really a great time. Uh, Lots of good riding, lots of good friends. But unfortunately, at some point, that has to end. Wife Kim says John G. has earned the time to ride away from the shop after starting out as a teenager working for his father, John F. 
working on his beloved Harleys while his friends were out playing school sports. His sport was motorcycling, and he's put his whole heart into it. And we spend our he has spent his life, you know, involved in Needing Guard Cycle Center Harley Davidson, and it's it's time for him to enjoy everything that he has put in to his work. Through its efforts over the years, Needing Guards has raised over half a million dollars for muscular dystrophy, as well as collecting for wounded warriors. That tops earnings from some big city dealers, and from the employees. Definitely an awesome feeling being a part of something bigger, uh, being in the riding community. I've been uh, endorsed in riding for over 30 years, and you have uh, the Harley Owners Group. Uh, I rode with them to York, PA. We got to tour the plant, so that was a, a smaller group ride, but always very exciting uh, to be a part of the bigger group rides, the charity rides for muscular dystrophy, and uh, wounded warriors as well. To the customers. Need Guard's just been like a family to us since we started buying motorcycles. My, uh, my wife owns a motorcycle also. And uh, they've just been like a family to us up here. Uh, every department's been good with us. It's a bit. So we're sad to see you guys go. Uh, Need and Guards was legendary for their drag race team throughout the years. And like I said, they were always good supporters of ours. Um, you know, there's some people throwing up comments and stuff, and yeah, every, everybody has their, their goods and, and, and bads going on right now, especially these are hard times, but one I want to address, Adam Harvey says, do you think it had to do with Wall Street? This is what I can tell you about this thing. You know, they're closing. They're not selling. There's not an investment group coming in. Yeah. You know, this kind, of, uh, this kind of points to a larger picture, and if you guys remember... How many months ago, it was like a, a year, I think, that Pat Jansen said the only thing that Harley needs to do right now is get rid of about 30% of their dealer network. Yeah. And we were like, man, good luck with that. Like, that's that's never going to happen. Well, you're starting to see, like, we've, we've been bringing you reports for the last six months, you know, that the, the dealer yeah, network for Harley is definitely being weeded yeah. out. There's more and more that I, I mean, I don't, I, we don't put all of them up. I'm, I hate to say that, but it's almost kind of too depressing to do that. Um, so I put, you know, the ones that are hit close to home are the most notable ones. Um, but I, it'd be great if we could get Pat on with us to have that conversation. Yeah. And then think they lost so much business just in internet sales. I mean, used bike sales are down, parts are down. You know, that's got to be hurting those family businesses, you know? You know what? Go ahead, honey. I, Chris and I have had this conversation, and he's, he preaches it constantly, and I really have to agree with him. So many people are still buying the used motorcycles and going way back. You can't go to a Harley dealer and get parts for those bikes. Nope. You can't get parts for a 97 sports truck. Yep. Yep. That's what people are buying. You can't get parts for an FXR, you know, an older and, FXR. And listen, that's that's nothing new. You know, I want to yeah, be I want to be completely clear like for, you know, I, I was on another show one time and I was on with a, a bunch of younger people and they were talking about the the business and the one girl pipes up to me and she says, "Well, yeah, that's great for for you, Chris. You were around in the heyday of the 80s." And I stopped and I was like, is she fucking kidding me right now? Like the heyday of the eighties, there was a time like right at that crossover, man, of, of the last years of the AMF bikes and, and, you know, into the eighties of the switchover again, that Harley wasn't selling anything yeah. but motors and boxes. Yeah. Right. Like people wouldn't buy their entire motorcycle, you know, but the, 
the the thing that I always want to bring up is the fact that even in the eighties, even in the seventies, you know, as small as the business was then, there was still business. There was yeah. still motorcycle people that wanted to do motorcycle shit. And, you know, we're going to find our way back to that new normal. I believe firmly what it's going to take is for, you know, the the people that have come, that were here through the whole heyday, the, you know, the rise of the motorcycle industry and all that economy that came with it. They don't want that to go away. And I understand that. And they're firmly engaged in their exit strategies right now. So until they complete them, there's not going to be a revamp of this whole thing where, you know, making a living is enough and guys that turn around and can fix motorcycles and turn to a machine and make parts for one, you know, I mean, that's, that's where it started. That's where it's going to be again. And I guess in, in all reality, them not selling those older parts kept the little mom and pop bike shops in business too. So, and it was, it was always like that to a, to a certain degree, but I'll, I'll agree with everybody about that. It's gotten way more. I mean, now they say that they won't work on bikes that are, that are 10 years or older. 10 years old. You know yeah. I mean? That, that, that's twin cams, man. You know, like, I know, and that's crazy. Right. That's cra- how can they not service their own product just because it's a little bit older? Make your techs keep up with the times or go backwards. Well, they don't want to pay for the schooling. That's well, they don't want to pay for qualified qualified Tech. technician yeah. either. You know, so anyway, it just you know it's it's sad, but it's our job to report some of that stuff, and uh, we're going to move on to some stuff that's a little more fun. We got a great guest lined up for you here, so I think without. Uh, Without any further ado, we're going to go to to the guest. I don't have I don't have a pre roll for interviews. What the hell is going on with my show setup? Who's Jeepers. responsible? Who's responsible for this? Who set this show up? You, you <laughs> texted me at at seven thirty and said you were all done uh, setting up for the show. I was so full of shit. Why do you listen to me, liar? <laughs> so, a lot of great stuff going on in Daytona. I'm going to hit that real quick. That um. You guys have been asking. The plans have been finalized, and our show, our custom bike show, ride-in bike show in Daytona, is Tuesday, March 9th. Um, it starts early in the morning and goes until we can't see straight. It will be at the Broken Spoke. Um, Heather just put up another language that has a link to it somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know what that was. I'm sorry. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, if you guys are in Daytona, come and hang out with us. The Spoke is always a great time. Like, I know Warren is doing his True Grit show there again. The Dennis Kirk show is going to be there on Friday. The Pirouet show is going to be there on Wednesday. It's going to be good times all around at The Spoke. But also, up the street, and as this applies to our guest, on Sunday is going to be the performance show. Here, I'll bring up the graphic. Go ahead, Chris. Do your job. It's not that hard. Um, March 7th at the Desti- Destination Daytona Pavilion. And um, we have with us tonight the man who's putting it all together. Let's bring him in. Mr. John O'Brien, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are we doing tonight? Um, I'm struggling a little bit, man. My left hand and my right hand aren't keeping up with each other. It's kicking my ass. There's <laughs> <laughs> so much I want to say. <laughs> don't. Just don't do it, Heather. Fine. I'm, I'm telling you now. So, John, let's let's start off with uh, let's start off with who you are and where you come from first, because the the show is not your main deal. So, tell everybody where your place in motorcycles is. We're located right outside of Philadelphia. We specialize in uh, Evos and newer and performance that's related hardcore cycles. Yeah, hard cycles. Uh, located in Red Hill, Pennsylvania. We're uh, 
about 90% of our business is online parts. Uh, we carry as much as we can, anything performance related. We want to, we want to sell. Right on. So, uh, my first bike was an FXR. I've been in the FXRs and Dynas from the time I was 17. Uh, just always my thing, you know? So that's, uh, that and, when we were getting ready for the show and got you on to check on your sound and audio and everything, I was Heather immediately hit you with, Hey, this is great timing because we're getting ready to build an FXR based bike. Like she was, she was already hitting you up. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, now I was not hitting. I was just saying, be prepared. We may need some advice coming down. The that's, road. What, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what he just said. <laughs> Come to the show. If you want to see killer FXRs, the show in Daytona is like all the killer killer East Coast FXRs gather at that show in Daytona. Right on. And you know what? I love I love that you said that, man. You know, because for we've been publishing Cycle Source for 25 years, and one of our shirts specifically says East Coast Tramp. You know, and like people don't understand that pride of the East Coast as much anymore. You know, it's so, so glad to see you representing that. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Things, you know, there's differences between the East Coast and West Coast, style-wise, performance-wise. You know what I mean? And you know, I mean, there was there wasn't an East Coast performance show, and it, we were bullshit. We were at Willie's. You know, we set up our booth at Willie's every year, and you know, I mean, the choppers are cool. We love them. You know what I mean? But that's just not our scene. You know what I mean? We, we're still going to Willie's this year. Right on. We still booth. We still hang out there. We still have fun. But like, we wanted something. You know what I mean? That uh, was a little bit more our style. And there wasn't anything available for us to go to. So I said, fuck it. Let's do our own. You know what I mean? And that's how the whole show started. Well, and this is, this is coming into your third year. And, and we were talking a little bit earlier. Um, last year's attendance was over 100 bikes. Yeah. Yeah, right around, right around 100 bikes last year. And the crowd was amazing. So, you know what I mean? We got, we got live music. We got the Wall of Death. We got our show. We got the bar. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a good spot, you know? So is that it where, is, is, Rhett's, is Rhett's wall going to be set up there with you with you guys inside the pavilion? Dude, that's yep. going to be off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. So and, uh, this year, I guess there's a, uh, there's a, a bike builder's breakfast before our show. Yeah. So I mean that's kind of I mean that's going to help us out you know get get some of the builders that are there to check out our stuff as well. Yeah, that's actually um, put on by the Flying Piston Group, Maryland Stemp and yeah. Jeff Nager, and and they're doing the uh, the custom the custom Iron E by Harley Davidson, which is an electronic bicycle, and they're having four or five builders, including me and Mark, customize some of those things for that for for a raffle for there. Dude, that's awesome. And smaller does not necessarily mean less work. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? For oh, Christ dude. That Mark, little how thing long is, have you known Chris? That like, thing 20, is, like 100 years, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That thing's kicking Nothing our ass. Nothing Chris is easier, no matter how we, big or how small. We can't even blame this one on him. I mean, I will, but, you know, like I, me and you can blame everything on him. So. You, you, know, you know, first and foremost, what you can blame it on? My inability to weld aluminum. Well. But you're learning. You've used this as an opportunity to learn. Yeah, I'm going to learn because if I have to explain to another man why I can't work my own tool again, I'm punch myself in the face. Hey, let's leave it. <laughs> Let's leave your tool out of this conversation. <laughs> so, I got, yeah. nothing. got nothing. So, 
Now, Hardcore Cycles, how long has Hardcore Cycles been around and where did you come from? Where did you start? Give us well, we the whole st- lowdown on John O'Brien. Yeah, we started off in uh, like 2013, 2014. And then by 2015, <coughs> it, was, it, it blew up on us. Because that, that kind of like followed when the FXR scene and the Dynasty really exploded. Um, and I, I was peddling parts for years. And at that point, I had to figure out, you know, what I mean, doing the website, doing the Instagram, doing the, you know what I mean? Because I was just at that point where I had to either make the next step or just stop, you know? So, and what's wild is I had uh, FXRT and FXRP fairings up in a loft, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, they were worth thousands of dollars. I know, right? So, I'm like, because I had, I had to do the buy-in with drag to get, you know what I mean? everything rolling with new parts and, you know what I mean? To be able to buy, you know, the new, the move, move new parts, you know, yeah. with the brands we wanted, we had to, we had to get set up with drag. And I think there was like a $10,000 buy-in and I had three, I had two FXRTs and one, uh, one FXRP fairing. And I took them out of the loft and I'm like, dude, I got to sell these. I put them on eBay for just under three grand each. And they were gone in minutes because they were spotless. They were brand new takeoffs yep. and that's and that's how i did my drag buy-in and that's you know and that's how we ended up where we are today that's awesome yeah it i was- do, do very well on instagram um that's like that's what feeds my website basically and a, and a lot of my a lot of my other stuff so instagram is hardcore underscore underscore cycles yep. you guys can follow them there lots of good stuff there but yeah dude like you were saying it it, it seemed crazy like i remember guys taking those Tanking those fairings and stuff, just like you know the story of the old uh, Boatel Superglides and shit. Guys were throwing parts away from those bikes, yep. you know, and like all of a sudden overnight it was like boom, stupid money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think it how many insane. shops threw those things away, pushed them off to the side, and broken them up, and then <laughs> they're worth a ton of money. Oh. I, I hear stories of them filling the dumpster. Yeah. Because they could, they couldn't sell. They couldn't sell them used. They couldn't, you know what I mean? They just they just piled them up at the dumpster. You know, had the new guy jump on them, so you know, and crush them down. I'm like, that's insane. Well, let's talk for a minute for from your because you got a you got a great perspective, you know, from your age and from the the place that you're you're doing business in the motorcycle scene. From what are the hot products for for the FXR and the performance crowd? What are the hot products that are out there now? Suspension is huge. Uh, Brakes, huge. Uh, aluminum swing arms, huge. Like anything that makes you, well, I, the, the cams, all the engine stuff, that's obvious. Anything that makes you go faster is, is the obvious right now. But the next thing is braking and suspension right after that. So Legends is huge. You know what I mean? Even though yeah, they're, they're pricey. Yeah. Jesse was always killing it, man. Like even, even back, I, I attribute that to the fact that, you know, he came up. Like where he lives in South Dakota, you know, you can't help but be an, an off-road rider there. And like a lot of us, you know, us in Western Pennsylvania, woods racing was the shit. So when we finally got to the street and started riding Harleys, we were like, I'm running on my dirt bike. Yeah. What do, you, what do you mean you have a motorcycle with one cartridge fork? Yeah. What the hell is that? I can't jump this off the freaking sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> So suspension, brake, anything, you know, what's, what's, I say in the last like 12 months, 
carbon fiber wheels, lighter wheels, the aluminum cut wheels. You know, I mean, everybody's looking to shed weight wherever they can. You know, and, man, uh, I got to tell you, like speaking of the carbon fiber wheels. So, what, what's the what's the company that's tough on that? And and we'll talk about it as we go. Like, uh, BST. BST. So I saw these yeah. come out, and uh, you know, I've, I've been I've been watching carbon fiber everything forever. But as as soon as you start to see carbon fiber wheels, I'm like, ah, man, I don't know, really. Oh yeah, really. You want to you you question you question the strength of it. But man, if anybody's been putting that to a test, it's definitely got to be the performance crowd. Yeah, and they're holding up. Yeah, they're they, hold- they run them on cars. Yeah, see, yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't yeah, pay, I don't pay attention to cars like at all. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. yeah they're running them on on track cars because they're lighter. No don't shit. don't get as hot. The metal metal and aluminum hold the heat. Carbon fiber doesn't hold the heat. How much yeah. lighter are they? A, a good eight, bit. Eight yeah, yeah, a good How bit. Much? Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? So like if you if you get a bag of rear wheel, it's eight pounds. Wow. Oh wow. So I think for every eight pounds of moving mass, you it's it's equal to losing a hundred pounds of bike weight. Yeah. So performance-wise that's that's undeniable yeah well one of the well since most people can't easily get rid of their wives and girlfriends they just buy a set of carbon fiber wheels that bike will be faster (laughs) (laughs) did i say that out loud you did yes i gotta start working on that (sighs) wow (laughs) so we were we were telling you that uh you know we're we're working on this project it's kind of undercover right now but um one of the things that we ordered for it right off the bat and we're starting with an 88 fxr heather yes one of the things that we're starting off right off the bat is uh is alloy arts swing arm which is probably the fanciest part i think i've ever used on a motorcycle and that's saying a lot because i have a a denver springer upstairs that you know is is about as dear as this thing what can you tell me about that because you guys you guys use this right yeah yeah we got them going we got a nine <clears throat> we're putting together right now with an sns 111 and we're using we're using the alley art swing arm it's gorgeous you know what i mean it's uh i think that's like 14 pounds yeah so you, significant weight loss and you know, and that is considered a moving part so you, you handling wise is a huge improvement now, excuse me for for being ignorant about this product, but other than the fact that the shock mounting position is adjustable, it also looks like the the arms of the swing arm unbolt. Correct. So this Correct. this immediately in my mind like put some put some other huge advantages. Dude, it, it eliminates flex. <clears throat> uh, the the axle adjustment, it, I mean, is is super easy with the bolts. Um. It's just extremely performance driven. Everything about it. Right on. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So, who are some of the other people that uh, that that work with you on hard, hardcore cycles? Uh, it's me. My my wife runs the shipping department. Uh, she has Kayla that works for her, and then on my side, it's it's me, uh, Nero, and Craig. Gotta give props um, to the people that work with you. I want to make sure I get that in because yeah, if it wasn't yeah. for my crazy <laughs> wife, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
and it's it's wild. Like so, some days, the shipping department gets like, if we have a, a sale over the weekend, like they'll be dealing with a hundred orders come Monday morning, which is great. You know what I mean? But it's it's difficult for the handful of people that we have. So, on another front, even though that this was this was driven by the performance bagger crowd, um, Rob Bitos and Drag Specialties have launched the whole bagger <laughs> race league. And some of the stuff that they're talking about is not just racing. There's going to be stunt riding, and there's also going to be like the performance Dyna and FXR crowd is going to have classes in the in their races. Yeah. What do you think about it? It's it's awesome. Rob's actually emceeing our show yeah. in Daytona. Yeah, Rob's um, Rob's a good friend. He's been a friend here a long time. Yeah, he is. He's he's great to deal with. Um, I mean, it's genius that he thought of that idea. Because that really is the next step in the performance. Um, I know they did the bagger race. Uh, what was that over the summer? Laguna Seca, that was, yeah. That was a huge hit. It, that, that that was that was cool to watch. Um, and same with the flat tracks. If you go to a flat track race, it's it's fucking cool. Yeah. You can't walk out out of there not entertained by what you just saw. You know what the greatest thing about the about the first bagger race at Laguna Seca was was. You know, I I sort of had some inside because Rob was calling me and we were gonna, we were talking and we were doing some live reports and stuff with him on the ground. But you know, he was he was sitting there saying, yeah, you know, like all the professional racers were were looking at the bikes and they were waiting to talk shit on them and they were expecting them to go out on the track and just blow up and there would be leaky oil motorcycles all over their track and they were only seconds behind the lap times of the fast bikes. You know, so it was yeah. it was so cool, man, to get that validation for this crowd. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt, that was a, that was an idea. Um, and Rob, you know, that was Rob's idea, and the same with the Bagger Racing League. Right on. So, I'm I'm dying to see the other locations. Yeah. You know, they got the location Utah in June, but there's going to be three other locations that they haven't come out publicly and said yet. So oh. I I can't wait to I can't wait to see those. Well, I talked to Rob right before the show tonight and asked him if he he had anything that he could come on with. And I think maybe by next week we're going to have him on here. So we'll press him yeah. for some shit. I'm up, we see him in Daytona. Yeah. It'll be out. Yep. So let's go back and talk about the show for a minute from uh, for Daytona. Tell everybody, how, like, you know, how's it work, sign-ups, ahead of time, on-site, when does it open, what are the prizes, what are the classes? It's- 12 noon uh, that Sunday. We start setting up at 10.30 or so. Setting up. Uh, registration's about an hour. Register that, that day, that morning. Um, judging lasts a couple hours because of the amount of bikes that are in it. Um, we, have, uh, we have Brian Clock doing the FXR division this year. Uh, we got Curtis Hoffman doing that. We have a skinny tire nice. uh, class. So we have like a budget bagger build off that's going on. So there's uh it's gotta be oh eight and earlier bagger. Uh it's gotta be fifteen G or less, including the cost of the bike. Um it has to be written to the show. So there's this bagger build off and uh Curtis Hoffman from Hoffman Designs is judging that class. Um that's a first we added that for this year. So we're excited to see how that goes. That's got uh, a ton of traffic behind it. I think we have like 20 people just in that class alone. Nice. Um, most most are building that bike specifically for the show. Um, and then you have, we have Sportster, we have Indian, we have V-Rod, we have, we have all the other classes. Softail. 
So right on. Yeah. So we have a couple questions zipping through the the chat. Let me see if I can pull a couple things out. Adam Harvey says, "So what's a good front or what are good front forks for doing wheelies without blowing the forks?" Legends um, cartridges. What's that? Legends cartridges. Right on. The Axios. Uh, e- even the, like the guys that wheelie more than they ride. Like if that if a, like the professional stunners, those are the only ones I've known to blow those cartridges. Yeah. And let Legends warranties them. So five six days they're back to you you put them back in the bike and you're back at square one so uh, another question is from walter kuro he says is the axle in the same location i'm assuming that's about the alloy art swing arm yes yeah it's adjustable but it's in the same location um i know i saw a couple more up here david crumb is offering to teach me to weld aluminum that's awesome <laughs> everybody knows what a sissy i am with a torch now son of a bitch <laughs> so one of our regulars every week he asks the same question to somebody that owns a shop because he, he's getting ready to open his own little shop he wants to know what kind of lift table you use Still we use the cane ask every week <clears throat> we use we we use the cane we're pretty happy with the cane there you go, Nick. K and L. Got it. Let me see if I can bring that up. See, look, I'm I'm slipping again. Damn it. So what do you like what do you like about the K and L? It just seems a little more sturdier than the uh the handy. We have one handy left. Uh but the rest are all switched out to K and L. You can uh You know, I gotta agree yep. with you, man. Like over the years, it seemed like all of a sudden they the handies used to be rock solid. And it seems like yes. all of a sudden they're they're not anymore. They got a lot of flex when they're up. They do, and you have that you have their bigger bikes on them. You got the if you got the motors going and out, or you know something stuck, and you're putting a little weight on it. It seems to be moving a little bit more than what they what they used to. So what is what is the price comparison? K and L looks based on what I'm seeing right now twenty five hundred bucks or so, and up. So it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. I want to say if you if you if you pick the same options, I want to say it's like five or six hundred bucks. Yeah, man. And I, the, one of the things I'm starting to learn, and I've learned this the hard way, is when it's a tool like that that you're going to use every single time you're in a shop because you may or may not use your belt sander, you may or may not use your end notcher every time you're in the shop. Chances are, working on motorcycles, you're going to use the lift every day that you're in there. It's worth spending that extra money. Yeah, and that's where that's where we were at. We've never had an issue with the. They said it just the K and Ls came out a little little bit more right sturdy. On. That's all. Right on, man. Well, I guess um, I guess the next step is C in Daytona. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What? Yeah, we we can't wait, especially with especially with this fucking winter, the <laughs> snow, the bullshit. Amen. I need to get a sound effect that has amen on it instead of <laughs> instead of Snoopy blowing a raspberry. Well, listen, we're definitely going to be uh, we're going to be on hand with you doing media from there. We'll be doing some live reports and stuff. Um, super excited about this. Any last minute news that comes up, please feel free to to shuffle it along to us, and we'll be happy to pass I, it for you. You got it. And the the, the the vendors, the sponsors, like we like we couldn't ask for a better list of people involved with this year. Yeah. We really, we were like Rob MCing, you know, with the, with the 
the who's who, all the judging. And uh, like I said, every, everybody pretty much wanted to be involved this year, including you guys. Yep. So we, we really, we really, uh, we really can't wait at this point. Yes, I want to see it happen. That's awesome. Do you want to run yeah. down your list of vendors real quick and sponsors? Yeah, got, got it here. So we got we got Lexan, uh, Al, Alcast Culture, uh, Viking Custom, which is a, a performance shop in South Florida down there. Uh, we got uh, White Trash Alley. Uh, we got uh, the Performance Bagger Instagram page. Uh, we have uh, Electric Lighting. Uh, we have the Motor Lawyer. We got uh, Clockworks, Shineworks. Uh, Memphis Shades, Ali Art, Arlen Ness, Legends, uh, Drag Specialties, uh, Mercenary Motorcycles, which is a, a shop located in Georgia there, uh, Lindau Brakes, uh, Hoffman Designs, First Manufacturing Leather, got uh, Crossthread, uh, they make the foot pegs and all that. Um, you got Pete's Custom Cycles, which is a shop located in Wisconsin. He makes some insane, insane turbo baggers. Um, Saddleman, Barringer Brakes, and uh, the Bagger Racing League. Right on. Right on. That's a great, great list. Kudos to you yeah. for pulling that together. Well, good for all of them, yeah. too, man. Especially, it's good to see Drag Specialties back in something like this. You know, they're <clears throat> they're coming around to, to understanding some of the changes here in the industry and getting behind the good stuff like between this and the bagger racing league and and everything it's it's encouraging to see that yeah when i when i when i reached out to them uh three years ago when we first put this on they were a little hesitant you know what i mean they called me with a couple questions and then they, they signed on and then uh that was it you know right on well listen man um i'm sure heather put the link up but i'm gonna ask her to put it up again for hardcore cycles um, Absolutely. Go check them out, and we'll bring you guys any more information that we have on the show. And um, man, feel free anytime. Anytime you guys have something new coming out, come you know hit us up and come back on the show and and show everybody what's going on. Absolutely. Right on. Absolutely. We're glad to be back. Right on. Well, thanks for coming on tonight, John. We'll see you in Daytona. All right. See you soon. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right, awesome. I lo- I love, dude. I didn't, damn, I didn't get to talk to him about Philadelphia football. Philadelphia football. Philadelphia are some of the toughest fans in the entire history of the NFL, <laughs> next to the Steelers. Because if I didn't mention to you guys, once upon a time, they took beer out of our stadium for years because our fans poured over one side of the stadium and beat the shit out of the other team. Philadelphia rivals that because they have an event where they literally have Santa Claus come onto the field every year is a tradition right around Christmas. Santa Claus can't say, he comes out in his sleigh and he gets out in the middle of the field and the announcer says, "Ladies and gentlemen, Santa Claus," and that is the cue for Let them to start hurling shit and booing, yeah. and it's the it's the craziest thing I ever heard of. And they took beer out of the Pirate Stadium too because they were throwing it at the opposing team while they were on the on the field. So. Oh Jesus! And you wonder why I say people from Pittsburgh are hard people. We are hard people. You are. Well, that's what you have to do whenever you make steel. And you smile when you say that to us. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I don't think so. What do you think? You get like this from petting kitty cats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, lots of lots of great stuff to come up in the show, and I think um, I think we're gonna take this time 
to cut to a great segment. First, we should talk it up a little bit. So Heather and I took a quick road trip um, down to a little bit south of Memphis, Tennessee, into, into Mississippi. And I'm not going to tell you where exactly because we got the visit. A secret, undisclosed location. We got the visit with a killer, killer collection of motorcycles. And um, we're going to bring that to you guys right now in a little segment called What's in Your Garage? Daniel Payne from North Mississippi. I guess you call it North Mississippi Mafia. Come on into the house. And we got junk galore to look at. And I really wish that my two good friends, Logger Dave and DC Donnie Chandler, were here to be involved in this. That is a early 40s big twin flathead, 80 cubic inch, just some kind of Johnny Cash piece together. Kind of neat motorcycle I did, kind of resemble a hill climber, I guess you'd say. And my Monarch lathe, that's a 1941. It was, I guess it was for like war years. I think it came off a ship, actually. Yeah. Yeah, my most important dog, Jack. You can have anything in here but Jack. <laughs> the first bike I remember my daddy having, he bought a brand new 71 Triumph Bonneville. And they got pictures of me when I was like a year old on it. My good friend Doug Wathke gave me this advertisement for the motorcycle polo. And then the picture at the top is Memphis Motorcycle. Which I know this man's son is still alive, Frank Amagliani. So we know you love old motorcycles, but you have an FXR too. Why FXR? Because I ain't got good sense. <laughs> <laughs> and every year they have a, a ride called the Helen Back. And it's like 140 or 50 miles and it's all gravel and dirt. And that's what got me into doing the dirt bike look on the FXRs. And a good friend of mine named Brandon Wilbanks has got an 84 FXR, which is first year Evo. And we did his as a dirt bike first. And then I came up with that one and we made it into a dirt bike. Because everybody else in the ride is riding KLRs and dual purpose Japanese bikes and we had to be the only idiots on Harleys. This like yeah, this is just where I'm working all my junk at. Forty-one UL, forty-six knuckle, forty-seven UL down there in the corner. What's left of it anyway? Guatemala. I was selling a man cotton pickers and he was hauling them to Guatemala and he told me he knew there was two old bikes in Guatemala and next thing I knew they were laying side on their side on a truck all the way from Guatemala to uh, Poplarville, Mississippi. They both ran when I got them but the blue one is just it's just the yellow one is worn slap dab out and the blue one was just like totally worn out. That is the first car I ever owned. That is a 67 Super Sport Chevelle that some old man had to have ordered new special because it has got a 325 horse 396, 
factory air, power steering, power brakes, and a gauge package. Wow. It was like a, it was like an old man's hot rod. And I bought it from a man in Coldwater, Mississippi, when I was 15 years old. And I should absolutely have my butt kicked for letting it get in the shape it's in right now. Now, where did your love of old motorcycles come from? Probably my dad. Your dad. Without a doubt. When I was a kid, he bought a new Triumph Bonneville. And then he was riding a 65 pan at one time. He had a 48 pan. And I, I've got a soft spot for anvils. Here, let's, this, this right here, this will give a good... Because everybody knows how big a can of snuff is. Jesus. What are those hubcaps off of? The Indian? I think they're off of a travel trailer. Oh. Because Eddie, Eddie Baines, a friend of mine that lives in England, he's, he's big into dispatch tows. And he had never seen anything like it on a dispatch tow. And I'm 99% sure that in the 40s and 50s that there was a company that made a travel trailer, like a motorhome you pull behind your car, and it was called an Indian, and I think that's what those come off of. Dispatch tow is like a Harley survey car, a three-wheeler, but that was Indian's version of a Harley three-wheeler. All right, so y'all, I've been in this room. It's a bunch of junk. It's all these is a bunch of junk. Uh, the guy that I mentioned earlier, Donnie Chandler, which we call him DC, that's his father's motorcycle that he's had for probably 40 years. That first panhead? The first panhead is. The second bike is a WLDR Harley, 45 cubic inch. I think it's a 40-41. The next bike is a Johnny Cash knucklehead. It's every year from 1938 all the way to 47. The bike up on the wall is a 25 piece shooter Harley board track racer. The next bike is a 47 knuckle. The next bike is a 65 panhead. The only thing 65 panhead about it is the drivetrain. Engine transmission is super correct 65. The rest of it is $500 worth of motorcycle. Next bike is a 35 Indian Chief Bobber. Done very nicely. Next bike is a 38 Indian Chief. I uh, just went all out trying to make it super correct. The blue bike is a 37 Indian Chief. The Excelsior is a 29 Super X. The 29 Super X was sold new in Memphis, Tennessee. The man that bought it new worked for the Indian Excelsior dealer in Memphis, and that was his coveralls when he worked for the Indian dealer. So brand new by the guy in the picture that was we looked at earlier. And that's a 36 VLH, what's left of it. And that's the Indian that Indian never made. That's a 25 Indian Scout chassis frame that was destroyed that I got from my good friend Doug Wasky. It's got a early 30s standard scout bottom end, 38 scout top end, chief transmission, chief primary, 101 front end, 
like I said, it's the Indian that it's got, it's actually got Harley flywheels in it. It's got 45 inch Harley flywheels. And I think it ended up being like 54 or 55 cubic inches. This is Doug's 36 Chief. They were doing the motor on. And that's a 47, 47, 45 cubic inch flathead. And that's a 29 Model A. Alright, so now the ultimate question, the unfair question. Do you have a favorite? I don't know. Now that I think about it. Probably my 35 Chief. Because I've just I've had more fun on it. It's just it's just fun. They're all fun, but the, the 35 Chief, I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, just Winchester. jump Winchesters. And that's a model 1866 what they call a yellow boy. It was the very first repeating lever action rifle Winchester ever made. Yeah. What, what's neat, what I find really neat about this one, you can see where, like right here where somebody rode on a horse with it on a saddle. Yeah. And there's also where, where this ring was bounced back and forth that many times that it wore the receiver. So, I mean, if this thing could tell a story, there is no telling what it's been around this life. That's a um, Model 86, Model 73, 73, 76, and a 92. It's, but that ain't got nothing to do with old motorcycles. That's just another bad habit. That's cool history though. So our good buddy, Doug Wolfke. Doug Wolfke. Wolfke, do I say his name wrong all the time? We're going, we're going to call him Homeless Doug. <laughs> Doug is out, so we're sticking with Homeless Doug. So Homeless Doug, that's one of the Oh, he'll be so mad. <laughs> he's one of the best human beings that I know. There ain't no doubt. And uh, I told Doug that we were looking for a good project bike, and, you know, we were not only looking for something that wasn't going to be a, a mess of work to jump into, but I wanted something like kind of, you know, cool, a little bit older and, you know, that had clout, you know, because everybody's doing this FXR performance stuff now. Right. And I kind of want to do it in a little bit of a different way. And this platform is awesome. So he hooked us up with what's going <coughs> to be a killer, killer start for this project. And we drove down here to check it out yeah. and okay. found this. All, all the way from Pennsylvania to Mississippi. Y'all are in God's country now. <laughs> and it's so worth it just for this. Yeah. Man, and I feel like we should almost give everybody a minute to catch their breath after all that. But oh, mm -hmm. it was it was amazing. I want and first and foremost, I want to thank Jamie Payne for letting us come and and check out his stuff for giving us a killer deal on an absolutely solid motorcycle. But it gets better than that. After we look through all of his stuff. And we could have spent hours there still because it was nighttime and he had shit piled outside. There was another 29 outside. But then he took us to his dad's place. Hmm. And he was oh, like, he said, if, if you think I got a lot of cool junk, he said, you got to see my daddy place. <laughs> and Jamie was just like, he was just so genuine and so joyful to be around. Like, he was just such a cool guy and so humble and just... Insta he's one of those people that you're instantly comfortable around. 
Mark, when I saw those those twenty nine model A's, because yeah. I saw the one inside. Then we were outside looking at something else, and he shined a light, and I said, "Dude, really?" Because it was so, like a solid running car, <laughs> not not completely showed up like the one inside. I said, "Did these things just like grow in the weeds here?" Or what? Oh, I, yeah. I was like, "Man, Mark should so be here right Dude, now." That SS is. That SS Chevelle's got to be big money. Factory air, factory power steering, and gauge. Yeah, he said that was a fancy car in the day, boy. Yeah, they didn't come, especially (laughs) with the big 396. You didn't get any of that stuff with it. No. One of the things I liked about Jamie is, like, he rides everything. He is not, like, the... Actually, that Indian that was never supposed to be built, he showed us video of them doing a burnout on it. Like, like, like that it thing was... goes like a bat out of hell. <laughs> yeah, he has no no shame, no shame about no. putting something on the road and riding the hell out of it. And neither does his daddy. And we're going to show you guys that just on the other side of the break. We're going to take two minutes real quick and uh, give some love to our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. We're coming back to you live with more Shop Talk right around the corner. Stick tight. That football game ain't going anywhere. Shop Talk. <laughs> two minutes. Ever since I was younger than Gavin, I knew that I wanted to ride. I'd see a group of bikes going down the highway with all their gear packed on, and I just thought that I definitely want to do that. That's what I want to do. My current bike is a 2016 Harley-Davidson Road Glide Ultra. I think it would be awesome if he's, when he's old enough to ride, you know? I'd love to be able to go riding with him. He won't want to ride on the back forever. We just did an exhaust swap, well, slip-on exhaust swap. My favorite part is when, like, screwed both out, took them out. He did a test sound before that, and when it was all out, it was louder than it was before. Oh, because we pulled the baffles out, didn't we? Yeah. Yep. I want to take people with me and my travels and stuff and show them the Midwest, not just for the Midwest, but just to encourage people to get out there and explore. I'm Andrew, this is my son Gavin, and we are a Dennis Kirk family. Hi, I'm Tom, I'm with Banks Brothers Motorcycles. One of the things I want to show you today is our new improved engine puller. We've changed to this machine has been in the arms and in the hands. We put hind joints in the hand to allow rotation of the engine, which makes it easier to get it in and out of the frame. With the angle change, we have equal clamping pressure on them. And over here, we have what's called the posi lock, which allows this to be locked in place and the engine can't swing from side to side. And we're gonna show you just how easy it is to pull the motor out of the bike right now. George is actually gonna come in, make contact with the cylinders, Tighten it down, you will pull it out of there. You lift it up, rotate it, and bring it, the assembly out of the frame. You see the motor starting to move, and it centers itself. This allows no side play once the motor's in place, and it keeps it safe, it can't fall out. Visit BanksBrothersMotorcycles.com to order your Banks lift. Okay, so thanks to all our sponsors. Um, tonight's show dennis kirk and the banks brothers motorcycle lift and you want to talk about a good tool that's worth the money i've used that thing at least three times now to pull the motor out and i am not sorry every time i I take the time to set it up and get ready to use it so thanks to the banks brothers for that um as always thanks to dennis kirk for the use of the studio you are watching shop talk 
We go live every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. Um, feel free to participate. This is not just a show where we want you guys to sit back and listen to our bullshit. If you go over to the comment block right there, you can see um, everybody putting their questions, concerns, uh, throwing up their their um, comments for what's going on, any questions they have for the guests. And also you'll find links throughout the show on the uh, products and the people that are featured here. So thanks for tuning in. Um, we got a lot still to go on here, believe it or not. It's a, a killer show tonight. Thank you guys for all the great comments. There's a few pieces of news left. Um, I think we'll hit some of that real quick because it, we might actually break our streak and do all the news tonight, Heather. What about oh, that? Wow. Right? We haven't done that in forever. <laughs> this coming in from MCN, majority of the pit building is destroyed in Termas de Rio Hondo fire. Um, MotoGP pit building on fire, which swept through the Termas the Rio Hondo circuit in Argentina has destroyed the vast majority of the pit building. Lovely. That's such a bummer because yeah. it was like it was the garages, the press rooms, broadcast, like the whole race controls, VIP lounges, all wiped out. But um, I don't think anybody was in hurt was hurt in it, so that was a really good thing. Um, we do just summarize the news pieces so if you guys want to go read them and see the full articles or videos i am posting the links to those articles in the comment section if you want them along with our sponsor links look at that mark she is actually becoming robin quivers right before our very eyes i'm, I'm gonna have to kill her too <laughs> hey promise <laughs> uh moving on uh next up in the news is harley davidson and this comes in from roadshow by cnet um Harley Davidson electric motorcycle division coming as part of sweeping recovery. The iconic American company posted a near 100 million quarterly loss, but wants to turn things around with an eye on the future. Harley Davidson remains in troubling shape as it works to bring in a new generation of motorcycles that kicked off with the live wire electric motorcycle, but is it's going to continue as the company announced a dedicated electric motorcycle division on Tuesday. Now, if that was the only part of this story that I was reporting, I know you would call bullshit. So the real news is further down in a couple paragraphs, and it seems like Harley's new uh, chief executive officer is actually taking the reins. And yeah, for, more for sure. On that, he, we'll um, go to Heather. <laughs> what's that? No, for sure. You know, again, to summarize it, they're trying to make Harley one stop shopping for parts and accessories. I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, they decided to let have their parts and apparel and everything be sold on Amazon. Well, that pretty much killed a lot of their dealers. They're taking that back. Um, I think that was an epically bad move in the first place, in my opinion. Um, and it's, you know, they're taking that back. You won't be able to get that stuff on Amazon anymore. And they're bringing it back to the dealer level. Yeah, finally, killed kill the deal, dealer is a really nice way to like screw their eyeballs out of their head, you know. Because especially in today's market, man, like you you think about the dealer principle, and everybody wants to go right away and say about you know the prices, the prices, the prices. But here's a business model where they used to make money on the clothes, on the collectibles, on the motorcycles, on upgrades to the motorcycles, the paint, the service, and it's all kind of squeezed down now to really for the dealer principal most of their money is happening from new unit sales like, yeah. you know so 
they, it's it's a it's a rough racket for those guys. Well, I was taken know? out of that article that I thought maybe Harley was going to make an electric sweeper. I thought that's where you were going with that. <laughs> As you said, I was sleeping new news. I was like, I was starting to worry. So, dude, seriously, with some of the some of the news you hear from the company, I know it's up me until crazy. this point. And I mean, that's what's that's what's encouraging about you know as you're reading down through that. You, that's you hope to see that they're going to go. They're going to pull out of some of that. And then yeah, hey, having a dedicated electric um, uh, sweeper, no oh. electric motorcycle division that's going to concentrate. Because one of the things it says in that article is you know they were hoping that it was going to be received better than it had. So now. They're actually going to go look for the customers that that appeals the non, to. They call it the non-traditional rider. You know, the sucky part about it is you'd almost wish they'd go back to taking um, taking the time to invest back into their dealerships. Give them those parts back. Let them start selling the old stuff. Let them let those dealerships start taking some money or making some money because they're killing them. They're they're slowly putting their own little sub shops out of business. Yeah, and it's it's sort of sad. And you wonder, you know, like we were talking about with the the predictions that Pat Jansen yeah. made a year ago. Like you wonder if, you know, in some ways they don't they don't also hope that there's a smaller is dealer network. Magic? I don't know. He, I think Pat that is magic. Be magic. If, if we made it to a time where Pat Jansen is mad, magic or oh. some kind of soothsayer, we're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> big trouble. So, um, last piece of news that we have for tonight, and then we're going to go to. We're actually going to go to, to Jamie Payne's daddy's house for another video. But this is coming in from um, Road Racing World Motorcycle Technology. Daytona 200. Latest entry hit list has 68 riders. Um, everybody's asking about what's going on in Daytona. Um, the current entry list for the 79th Daytona 200 operated by the American Sport Bike Racing Association under sanction of the American Motorcyclists Association includes 68 riders and 52 different racing divisions that are looking over it, apparently. <laughs> um, scheduled to run March 13th, 2021 on the 3.5 mile infield road course at Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida. That'd be fun to go watch. Right. Wish I was going to be there. What? I'm looking forward to Daytona. <laughs> and no, you don't, Mark. You don't ever, You don't like motor pickles. To, to go, to go <laughs> see, I don't like to go watch racing. He loves motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, the motorcycles are great. Half the time, it's the people that are around them that get on my nerves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, so, I actually enjoy racing, too. Like any form yeah, of motorcycle racing. Yeah, me racing. too. I, I like any kind of racing, but motorcycle racing is a, it's fun. So let me set the scene for you. We're we're in Mississippi. Um, just saw an incredible collection of motorcycles. We just got to check out the motorcycle that we're there to buy, and we're definitely taking it, and it's solid, and we're excited about that. And Jamie mentions to us that his father actually has a better collection of stuff than him. We can't believe this. And he's like, just around the corner. So he throws us in the truck, and uh, and we ride over to check it out. So let's go to that video. Yeah, and then that just saving the arm, you know. Yeah. Can't see. 
Snorting eagle. <laughs> there ain't no question about does it run. Oh, yeah, I did all the TIG welding with all the stainless exhaust and intake. And see, we put a, a spit and sweat of carburetor and made the intake manifold turn all the way around. Probably made it run better. And that's a handicap of the stainless on this around. side. That was the hardest thing. He and I made that. Intake and exhaust there out of a handicap grab rail. Yeah. Man, you talking about strong. And then trying to make a Nissan four-cylinder talk to an Italian transmission, talk to a Honda rear. <laughs> but it, I, I've ridden it up and down the, uh, through the uh, Smoky Mountains at uh, Dragon's Tail up here and on, and uh, a bunch of different rides. That's one of the Huelmore Indian front ends. A set of Harley tanks and did the stretch deal on the tanks, and that's where we put his oil pressure and water temperature. And then that's another gear wall front fender. Turn around and make a back fender and make yeah. it look like a scurry cube. This is my uh, um, 650 Triumph that I redid years ago. That's beautiful. Wow. Full operated lathe, and uh, when you didn't have electricity, and uh, it feeding itself and, and cutting now. Y'all see some bloody people before, but I guess I'm it. I, when I first started working with a rear road, we was moving a bunch of old machinery around out of an old shop that Casey Jones used to run out of up there in Memphis and move it down to another shop. And I opened the door on this machine and I was looking in there and I felt her. Well, this was up on a ledge in there and I told this old man, he was like 80 years old and I was 20 and he said, I said, look at this new oil can I found. He said, boy, that's not an oil can, that's a light. Uh -huh. And uh, you put kerosene in there. Now it's gonna start together in the February. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is a this is what one would be if you put it on your, you know, the reason they did this, if you threw it in a buckboard with horses and all, and if you had that glass lamp, well it'd just break. Yeah. And that's tough. And that's in the eighteen hundreds. She said her husband was a coal miner and he never went down in the coal mines without this in his pocket and some matches. So if this light here on this coal miner's helmet went out, this is his backup. Yeah. And he never went down there without out that in his pocket. That's what my grandpa did. Really? Yeah. You know, that's leather pressed out yeah. like that. And, and I found a kid's helmet, but I couldn't buy it. They wanted so much money for it. Yeah. It was a child's helmet like this. It was it was beautiful. Yep. But uh, that's my flashlight collection. And that's the one, beautiful. The ones over in the window, they went in the locomotive. I want to show you how it works. It, 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 uh, it stores the energy up above in that wheel. Makes kinetic. And see it's feeding right there. Selfie, no kidding. Wow. That's cool as hell. Isn't it? 
Man, when you hate to have to drill a piece, uh, a hole in a piece of metal with that, but it'd be better than the hand crank. Yeah. Yeah. And that maroon engine right there with the fluted top on the hopper right there. Uh -huh. That's old. Like Osmobile. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's history behind all these or something. I got a buddy of mine that's really into these and he sits down and tells stories. I've always been fascinated by that. Yeah, they're neat. They... Wow, look at that pump. See, I, I redid this one. I hadn't finished that. I hadn't started on that one. See, see the wagon that we yes, found up in Iowa? See the springs on it now? Yeah, that was high class right there. There's a valve in your foot you next show me. Wow. See, uh -huh. see that fender? It's a tire cover over here. Yeah. Well, I was going to put this light, this light on top of it, you know, in the middle back there. Yeah. Really look cool. That's the history of choppers right there. What, a fender cover? Yep. That's what we used to all try to get them to make our chopper fenders out of. So, there was so much more that we And I have to apologize for the quality of the video. It was hard to move in there, and there was just so much stuff to look at. I was like, where do I point the camera? Which It was crazy. But there was so much stuff we're literally going to go back. After we continued to go through that garage with his dad, he took us into the back and showed us a project mark you would have been so so into this so it was a it was a, a an international truck and i can't tell you what year or anything but it was like an, an over-the-road delivery truck right yeah. like big big truck but um in its in its stock configuration on the stock chassis he said they only do like 45 miles an hour yeah. and you can't drive down the road with stuff like that so he took it off of that chassis and modernized the chassis and the driveline and had like a real modern diesel engine in it yeah. and then redid the cab and everything so you couldn't tell so other than having like over the road like highway tractor trailer wheels it still looked it. like the old international yeah that's what people are doing with the ceos and stuff that's big on that this guy is 73 years old yeah okay and to hear him talk about all that stuff, he, you know, he's got, he's got that slow Southern gentleman draw, and, yeah. you know, and I'm, th I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, he's probably been working on this for 10 years. And Heather asked him, so when you start on this project? He said, well, he said, when, when all the COVID stuff started happening, he said, I would watch the news and it was just getting me down. So I figured I'd come out into the garage and just start working on this thing. So only since COVID and yeah. he's getting ready to pull it out and drive it. Oh, well, like that. He's got more energy than me and you together. I have no energy left. <laughs> so yeah, that's some cool shit. Yeah, no, I couldn't keep up with him. 
Yeah, it was it was it was a blast. And like I said, we're gonna go back there. We're gonna shoot bikes from both of them. We're gonna definitely oh, yeah. definitely do some some. Uh, so what was behind the fifty seven? That was a CEO. That was a Ford. I think it was a Ford CEO. Yeah. And he's almost done with it. Yeah, his dude. Those things are badass. Jamie says that he'll he'll get hot and heavy on a project and he'll get it three quarters of the way done. He said, and then something else will catch his eye. He'll he stop. was telling us about a school bus. Heather, you want to tell him about the school bus? <laughs> I can't say what he said about the school bus. We're we're pulling out and he goes. He said, yeah, like that old school bus over there. He says he drug it back from Georgia or some shit. He said, and of course the motor was no good for him. He said so he had to do a modern diesel motor and everything. And he said it's got bathroom and bedroom and all kind of shit in it. And he said, you know. And, and he wanted to drive it all over the country, he said, and, and uh, his mother told him, why ain't going down the road and something looks like a school bus? You'll have to paint it. And Jamie said, Mom, you'd have to paint that thing titty pink, and you'd still know it was a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they was just so much fun. Oh, they were so much fun. And, like, in the pole barn, you could just see, like, old cars and trucks and tractors and everywhere you looked, there were pieces of history. We never even you got to like, the second floor. Never no, got to the second yeah. floor. No, nope. and then like the la- the the light post, the light post that he got. Oh who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Fords or Ed- I don't know whose light post was it. It was uh, it was something outside of the uh, of the uh, Ford factory, like way back in the day. Up in Detroit, and he went to get it because he said, you know, I want to have a light post that that Henry Ford himself had walked underneath before. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of an ice storm, he calls Jamie. He's like, I'm kind of stuck. He's like. What on earth are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and he you know, it's it's just funny. It's like that father and son relationship, like a lot like a lot like you and your dad. Yeah. You know, like he's he's telling Jamie how um you know, he wanted to, he he's tell told him, Come over and help me help me dig a hole so I can put some men in to put my light post. And he said he said, So I go over Which with, meant go dig the hole. Yeah. <laughs> he said I go over with the machine because he's too damn cheap to pay anybody to come and put three hundred dollars worth of cement in the ground for his light post. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, they was just a blast. You know, Adam Harvey says that's one of those old guys that when he doesn't have anything left to do, he's going to lay down and die. Well, and that's exactly yeah. the type of man he is. He just tinkers and putters. And well, from the looks of that brilliant. garage, he's not going to ever oh, have oh, nothing that's to do. Right. And seeing that, <laughs> seeing that Absolutely old, uh, that old uh, lathe that he had that ran off the belt. I remember the last garage I had that burned yeah. that lathe that was in there. It had a drill press and a lathe that ran off a seventy-five foot leather belt. Well, and the great thing about that is I've seen I've seen those lathes before. Yeah. Mister Fish has one or two of them. Yeah, he doesn't have one in in functional condition. But the best thing about that, Mark, that was the lathe he worked on when he worked right. for the railroad. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like he found that out somewhere. Yeah, you know, picking parts and shit like that was that was his tool. Oh yeah. You know. Or how about the drill press? Yeah, self-feeding. Never, never seen one of those. Never seen no. one of those before in my life. Yeah, For absolutely the, um, awesome. The hammer. The foot-operated oh, hammer. Yeah, how bad do you want that? Yeah, that thing. Right? I'd have that, dude, I'd have that in a minute. In a minute flat, I'd have that in my garage. I may actually make him an offer on that next time. Where <laughs> It was outside. It was just sitting outside. <laughs> that is a man that does not get rid of much. He might. Maybe if he knows it would be an important part of our shop. <laughs> and can you believe he rode that bike on the tail of the dragon? <laughs> what did, what did he what say? Did, he attached did he say a, a forklift motor? Yeah. yeah what did, he attached a Honda Nissan transmission to a Honda rear end. It was, was a, an Italian bike 
transmission and a Honda rear end because it was shaft drive rear end. I thought you yep. said something about a Nissan. Or was it a Nissan motor or something? So it was something Nissan yeah, there. It yeah. was a Nissan fork, forklift motor. Yeah, yeah. Nope. That's uh, that guy there. He knows how to work a screw gun apparently. Oh Jesus! <laughs> All right, man. Well, it looks like uh, we're coming around to the hour. I can't believe we packed this much stuff into a almost on schedule program. Um, I know. We appreciate all you guys being here. We're going to cut you loose so that you can catch. I don't know if we hit the end of the game yet or. No, the, no. the traitor got another ring. Did he? Uh, yeah. Look, Doug's here. Right on. Ronda, Ronda, uh, what, what happened, why, why homeless Doug? What's, what happened to Ronda the World Doug? All of a <laughs> sudden, he's changing him. his name. Don't tease him. He's going to get mad at me. I just said that because Jamie told me to. <laughs> Doug said, I've tried to talk Mac out of that power hammer drill press for years, so I have dibs. I just I just want the hammer. You can have the damn drill press. I need the hammer. <laughs> what do you need the hammer for? Because I want to make things. He wants something else to and walk I'm, around in the garage. And I'm too old and I'm too old to swing a hammer anymore like that. Oh. All right. In the meantime, um lots Kids. lots more coming up next week. We got a great show for you next week. You want to tell everybody yes. about next week's show? Next week, we have Happy from Hairball. If you guys don't know the Hairball band, you should. Because they are probably one of the best, most entertaining bands that I might have ever seen. Um, But they're going to be talking about their upcoming show series in Daytona for Bike Week. Um, And we also have um, a couple of cool people who started a new new motorcycle clothing line called the De Haven. We're going to have the creators here with us uh, next week. It's going to be a good show. <laughs> Come on, Heather. Chris says he needs a hammer. He <laughs> needs the hammer. Dennis, trust me. He doesn't need the hammer. Don't he listen to her, Dennis. Don't listen. There's a difference between Don't. Want do you know what he needs to do? Put a goddamn tool away is what he needs to do. Amen. <laughs> Wow. Nothing but haters here tonight, man. That's the only garage I know. If you ever come here, if you get winded, you can't walk anywhere because it takes you like 80 steps just to get around the bike table. So there's so much stuff. Oh. It's horrible. That's horrible. He's, he's getting a bigger garage. That's why he worked. Well, it'll just have more shit in it. So, I mean, good luck with that one. I've been watching hoarders. You didn't I'm just trying. meet him, did you? I've been watching hoarders. That's why he works in that thing by himself, because nobody else can fit in it. Well, if anyone Steven else has... Henderson, you're not helping me. If anyone else has one not. of those hammers, get a hold of me on the side. No, don't. Pri- private message me. No. PM. Well, thankfully, I checked his message. PM. I checked his messages, so feel free. <laughs> what? No, no, you didn't get a message about that, honey. I don't know what they're talking about. Oh, see? I think you're right. You've been oisted. All right, man. So listen, I want to thank you guys for letting us into your headspace and sharing some time with us here on Shop Talk. Remember, we come to you live every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time with uh, another episode of 120 minutes of all the bullshit we can fit through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. But that is only one of the programs that we offer through Source Media. You can check out Coast to Coast with Chris Simmons and Michael Lichter. 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays and Wednesday at the same time slot. You can check out Mr. Jason and Mr. Rob, who are bringing you the Cannonball Chronicles. Doug Wilkie, when are we coming to L.A.? After Is Florida, that, right? Does L, by L.A. Lower Doug, Alabama. That's what I was going to say. Do you mean Lower Alabama or you mean Los Angeles? Because you've got to ask those questions. 
specify. I need to specify. So um, we'll be coming up to uh, Daytona real fast. Um, in these next couple shows, you'll get a ton of information from us, but Daytona's going to be a blast. We're planning on doing some riding. I can't wait to get there. And, uh, a bunch of shows. Yeah, lots going on. Lots Perfect going on Sunday. in the garage. Hardcore performance show Sunday. Our bike show Tuesday. Pirates paint show Wednesday. Dennis Kurt garage build show Friday. And the chopper show of all chopper shows, Tropical Tap 2 Chopper Time on Thursday. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Chris, what are you trading for one? Drew, get a hold of me. No. No. All right. Mm we're gonna cut you guys loose um thanks to everybody from chopper town for checking in with us everyone from the cycle source family and uh until next week when we bring you some more from shop talk same chopper time same chopper channel bye felicia <laughs> it just wouldn't be the same without that sign on no at this point <laughs>